make sure to edit that out. Write that down. Write that down Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. The Worship Ministry Catalyst. Smile. I didn't say anything. But Scott was. I okay. didn't say a thing. Man. I know, but you were <laughs> standing at the wall. <laughs> but you were, I know you wanted to say something. Nah. We're a networking resource. Da, 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 da. For all worship leaders, worship team members, helping facilitate worship ministry in the local church. My name is David. I'm Kevin. And I'm creating quite a controversy. My name is Scott. <laughs> Scott, thank you for joining us. If you missed the last episode, you have to go back and listen to it. And oh, Scott okay. shared some very... Naughty controversial ideas well, about see, running and, worship ministry. And not, and that's what I keep saying. I don't really even think it's that controversial. I nah. don't either. Nah. No. Not really. <laughs> no, I, seriously, I think I think if anything, it's enlightening. It's it's different for sure. It's different than the way I run my ministry. It's different than the way David runs his ministry. And it's probably different than the way most worship leaders run their ministry. But I think it's eye opening because it's like, hey, wow, just think I, I could actually I could actually be trying to do a worship ministry based on a philosophy of, you know, let, instead of using a philosophy, of, I, I, I don't want to suck, using a philosophy of where are we going, what are we doing, what are we perp- what are we targeting, yeah. how are we being purposeful. Staying so on mission. Mission. So that's what we talked about last week. You'll definitely want to check out that episode. Not now, though, because you're listening to this one. And we it's, have a lot. It has potential to just rule. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it will rock your work. It's going to be awesome because uh, Scott is an incredibly, uh, not only an incredibly talented electric guitar player, he also knows probably more about sound. Than sound itself. Than sound itself. Wow. Thank you. It's, wow. It's, uh, a lot. It's actually pretty incredible. He. Um, Speaking of sound, do you remember the time you knocked over my lava lamp? Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> just moments ago uh, with a mic stand. Mic stands are, you know, they're complicated pieces of gear. Yeah, you know, they had that. You know that boom mic sticks out yeah. and, and in the process it didn't break. It, it didn't did. break. It is actually it is bubbling psychedelically as we speak. It is. It totally works. I wish I had a brighter bulb for it though, so it could like shoot lava out the top. You should or go to the store, man. I haven't seen it. It's like a twenty-five watt appliance bulb. Do they make yeah. any brighter yep. than twenty-five? Freddy's forty waters. Forty. There we watt. go. I don't know what I'm talking that, about. No, that's, <laughs> no that, that's the point. Scott does know what he's talking about. It's he, true. You can get a forty-five or fifty watt appliance bulb. I've done it before. Scott Scott knows more about a, sound than probably most people combined. Uh, he he has spent literally thousands and thousands of hours and reading dollars. and dollars reading researching. Uh, figuring things out, he is probably one of the premier. I have no real experience. <laughs> yes. No, he well. does. He he runs his own production company. Um, he he's very smart, very knowledgeable. Uh, he knows how to record. He knows sound stuff, and he's just one heck of a guy to boot. So, wow. Scott Olson, thank you so much for being with us, man. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a yeah, it's good. It's good to be here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I basically my quick backstory. I started a uh, live sound company in 2001 uh, when I was in college, and uh, that's just it's really changed uh, quite a bit from just live sound to now. I have a recording studio and have uh, made a lot of records, and I do a lot of consulting for churches, and especially when uh, churches want to make moves towards uh, bigger sound and or wow, thank you. Uh, and and or uh, just getting their getting their worship 
uh, ministry to work better in an audio context. And Scott's actually come out to my church, and he did some consultation and really That's helped. True. Really helped us. Um, you know. As I invoiced we, you. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sent me an invoice. Did you ever get the check, by the way? I doubt it. Oh, that's too bad because I filled out a PO like months ago. I'm sure I did. I really hope you got it. Yeah, I did. Okay, good. I'll, ask, I w- I'll ask my uh, personal assistant. Accountant. Accountant. Treasurer. Treasurer. My personal treasurer. It, who's what, your wife? No, that's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I really, if you didn't get that check, man, make sure to let oh, me know. I did. Okay, I did. good. Thank good. You. Seriously, so Scott knows a ton, and that's why uh, one of the reasons why we wanted to have him in here. Scott, you were just talking about your studio, um, and I've actually helped you out on a number of projects that you've worked on. It's true. I um, I play B three piano. Fact, because I came out to the podcast, you owe me a B three track. You're right. And, I do. Uh, got a song all ready for you. Do right you have now. one? I do. All right, send me a demo. I'll I'll, I'll learn it. it. It's in F. They, uh, you know, I, I'm usually pretty good about tracking. Uh, I can usually track in one or two takes. Yeah, he's a killer on the B3. Me, on the other hand. <laughs> all day. <laughs> all, day. Me all, day. <laughs> all day. So, sorry. So, um, we're getting back to uh, you have a studio, and that's actually one of the things we wanted to talk about. David. And we're sitting in the Worship Ministry Catalyst studio. Yeah, here we are. A.K.A. my office. <laughs> but, okay, so, David, you were talking about um, using studios, using sound, uh, that kind of stuff in worship ministry which is actually something i don't really do a lot of so this podcast is probably that makes you a sinner (laughs) well i i I am a sinner (laughs) but i don't know if it's that that makes me a sinner but i was going to say that this podcast probably is uh going to be as much benefit to me as uh most other people so i'm going to let you introduce it because i don't really know much about it to be honest well, I just I think it's really important for worship leaders to utilize technology, and there's so much out there, and and really it's so cheap, especially the stuff I buy because I buy M Audio stuff, and that's cheap. I oh, mean, come on now, it doesn't get much cheaper than M Audio. I mean, it does, but 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 what I like about M Audio is there's still some quality there, even though. Are it's we talking cheap. about studio stuff here? Yeah, we're talking about studio stuff. And why in the world would you need a studio for a church? Why? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what use is there? Isn't that just a waste of God's just, money? <laughs> yeah, it is, really. <laughs> Overall. No, uh, you, the, you've been a uh, worship pastor in a couple churches now, and you've been uh, doing recording as part of your ministry. I do. I, I have a, a little mini studio, just some gear, that just basically so I can get stuff in and out of the computer to make practice CDs. One of the biggest uses I use I use recording I use GarageBand and stuff all the time, especially with a MIDI keyboard, to make uh, practice CDs for our choir. It's the quickest and most efficient way I've ever come across to make to make practice CDs. Sure. And uh, and I, I'll make if I'm if I write a song, I'll do a rough recording of it so that the band can get an idea of what I'm thinking of it and I can get it out to them. There's just so many different ways you can use use different gear. Which. To, to to record a, a demo of a new song, it's going to save you lots of time in rehearsal. It and, is. Uh, people are going to show up knowing what's going on. Yeah, tight. and and the more you can put in there, uh, instrumentation wise, as far Humming as your, the parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> if you have to, if yeah. you, you know, it'll it'll help. If For you the have altos. To. 
Yes. <laughs> the eight, the eight altos. Did we talk about that? Yeah, one no. time. That's okay. right. We did one um, long time ago. But you know, I'll I'll do drums on the keyboard. I'll just do a, a little rough drum track to get an idea of the feel that I'm going for. I don't I don't try and make it perfect. I I never try and make it perfect because I don't have that much time. But to not, assimilate the drummer. Yeah, just just this is what I was going for. Take go take it from there. Add whatever you want to make it feel good. Or if I, if I don't like it, I'll tell you. And, you know. Sure. But um, and then guitar. The the honestly the hardest part I have is guitars. Is trying to come up with the guitar part. And then recording it. Sometimes I can hear it in my head, but there's no way I can play it, and there's no way I can do it on a keyboard to get it to sound like. Now, have you ever tried to reproduce a guitar sound on a keyboard (laughs) for that purpose? I have. Yeah, it's extraordinarily. I'm glad you're willing to admit that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't podcasters. Don't do that. <laughs> it's a bad idea. Don't use a keyboard to create guitar sounds. But because it sounds it's not so cool. It's not possible. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It isn't possible. Remember, uh, remember when we used to play in Forgiven Much and there was that one really awful Jimi Hendrix like electric distortion guitar on that core Triton I used to play? Yeah, you used to play that all the time. I, <laughs> <laughs> that and the uh, and Bart Simpson laugh. Yeah, it was so also good. No, it was so good, though. I mean, uh, yeah. and Scott, yeah, Scott always hated it I when I do that. that. <laughs> Stop playing that. <laughs> Sounds horrible. But the the one of the great things that's going on right now is that there's all kinds of new technology coming out. The prices are just going through the floor on a lot of the stuff, yep. especially on eBay. You can really get into recording uh, stuff for your worship ministry, whether you whether you're a worship leader because we're not just for worship leaders we're for worship team members. But you could really utilize this if you're a guitarist and and a worship band. You could really hone your skill by by getting a, some kind of recording gear for your computer, sure. and recording yourself and listening to it, and then evaluating, and then you can you can really hear where you need to improve, and yep. and that's something that has hasn't really been available at at low cost and easily for until now. So so for uh, novices like myself who don't really do this or know how to, what do you need? What what do you start with? Well, you need a computer. Okay, I got one of those. And if you have a Mac, you're you're almost done. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you just want something you can lay something down into for sure cuz GarageBand comes on every Mac for free. Um iBooks and PowerBooks both have a even a decent sounding little microphone on the side of them. They have a good a decent microphone and they have a line in, not a mic in, a line in input on the on the right. computer. So you hook a little mixer up to that yep. and plug whatever you want into the mixer. All right, so what if you don't have a Macintosh? All right, then you got to have a uh, an audio interface of some sort. Yes, because you do not want to use the uh, audio interface that comes built with the PC. Now, what do you mean by audio? Like the headphone jack or... No, you don't want to use the headphone don't jack. Don't use the headphone jack. Yeah, or... I mean, uh, let me explain uh, kind of what, what has happened in the last 20 years is sort of a revolution in that, uh, you know, 20 years ago, if you wanted to record something, you had to go to a, uh, a real studio, a commercial studio, uh, and as computer technology has changed, um, as recording has gone from tape to hard disk, uh, suddenly everyone can have a studio. Everyone can capture their music. Uh, you can record audio. You can record video. You can do all sorts of editing and, and whatever you need to do. And if you're a worship pastor, you already know this stuff. Uh, if you haven't, if you've never put together a little studio or, or whatever, the basic parts are real simple. You need a microphones. And inputs. So if you're going to play keyboard or piano, you know, mic it up. You need to get get your signal in to the computer somehow. And in between your microphone and your computer has got to be some sort of uh, converter. 
So uh, audio interface, M audio, Digi Design, um, ton. There's tons of great. Yeah, if you're going for there. cheap, you want to go M audio. If you're going for best quality out there, you want to go Digi Design. Oh, there's tons of yeah. What What would you recommend, Scott? As far uh, for as, a worship for pastor inter- who wants to make yeah, demos, for, for a worship pastor who wants an interface, who wants to be able to make demos for his worship team, what do you? If you're gonna stop right there, if you're gonna if you're gonna make recordings, give them to your worship team, and that's all you ever want to do. M Audio's got tons of great products that are inexpensive. Uh, there's lots of different software out there. Sonar, um, Pro Tools is uh, probably the the mo- not the necessarily the best software. It's the most popular software. But it's a good. That's a good thing with M Audio is that they make an empowered Pro Tools. Sure. So if yeah. you want to get Pro Tools and you want to get in as cheap as possible, you can still go the M Audio empowered yeah. Pro Tools. Route. Digi Design now owns M Audio. Yes. Uh, and M Audio has become really the most popular hardware brand, especially in a low end market. So, mm-hmm. so you got to get your sound. Uh, into your computer, so a converter or uh, what, what you'd call an audio interface, which you can go two channels, eight channels, 16 channels, 18 channels, and then you, you, know, you start building a really big studio after that. Uh, but it's really that simple. And then you gotta have some sort of software that will uh, allow you to capture and edit. Which for PC guys, GarageBand comes free, but there's also Audacity out there you can oh, download yeah. for free. That's freeware. I use yeah. that all the time to record our classes at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, our pastor has a little wireless mic and Audacity on, on a laptop, and we pop that up and we record everything we do, and it's yeah. really tight. It's, it, and freeware. it's free. That's free. great. Yeah, it's A, oh, just so you know that one, it's A-U-D-I-C-I-T-Y is Audacity, and you can find it all over the internet, and it's 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 super stable. And it's uh, it's not gonna no, jack anything what, off your computer the, or anything like that. It's what's the difference between Audacity and GarageBand? Like, is there is there a difference between those two? Yeah, I mean, they both can record. GarageBand is really made for uh, people who want to make music who don't have all the instruments. And there's there's tons of uh, samples and loops and different things you can mess with. You can make hip hop loops and guitar hip-hop. riffs. And Basically, a lot of stuff you don't necessarily right. need. If you just want to <laughs> record. Uh, really tons of software so, tons of different stuff will work mm-hmm. and so, one of the cool things that's that's happening too sorry keep cutting you off no. but but there's there's a lot more um, a lot more I don't want to say interfacing but for lack of a better word interfacing between softwares <laughs> <laughs> so especially um, on, on Mac stuff there's there there are a lot more ways to go across different software so if you wanted to uh wanted to use pro tools but you want to bring in uh some some soft synth kind of stuff you can do that you don't have to have a completely separate program sure or you can't have a completely separate program so okay so now now let's take it the the next level so let's say you're a worship leader and you you know have a you know you, you have a little little mixer you have a little interface you do some recording you do some demos Let's say now you want to take it to that next level and do more professional sounding recording. Maybe you're thinking down the road, I want to record like a worship CD for our church. Uh, first of all, A, is that is that like a good use? You know, we were joking about that at the beginning. Is that a good use of church money? Uh, you know, because there, there's that whole controversy. People are like, you know, churches shouldn't have studios. And then B, what kind of stuff do you get to take your studio to the next level? Because, Scott, I know you have an amazing studio. I've been there. I've recorded there. Uh, probably one of the best, uh, the best you know, garage-type studios I've ever been at. Um, and, 
you know, so I know you've gone to the next level, but first question, should churches go to the next level? Second question, what is the next level? Yeah. Um, in uses of a studio in worship ministry, I, I got one more use for y'all, for all y'all. <laughs> y'all. Yeah. So uh, songwriting tool is a great, is a yeah, great use. That's so true. if you're writing music, uh, you're working with melodies, harmonies, uh, rhythms, different parts, um, you get to, I mean, you can be the only musician working on an entire song and mm-hmm. writing parts, writing bass parts, writing vocal parts, and it's just really helpful. So that's, that's a super great use. David over here is making uh, demos for his worship team so that he can assimilate them to how the song goes, what their parts might be, feels, different uh, you know, tempos. And, and Which is one of the cool things about GarageBand, if you want to sing a female part, which I know how you feel Which about you females. Do. You definitely do. <laughs> but <laughs> how I feel about females. Good you know, night. Your eight altos. <laughs> oh, jeez. But um, there, it, it doesn't sound perfect, but it gives the idea because I did a I did a practice CD and I sang an alto part in falsetto, and I still haven't heard the end of that. Yeah, but if people won't forgive you for going out on a limb, then they're out. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this thing. There's a thing in GarageBand. It's called the vocal transducer. Oh wow! And so it'll it'll That's take your else. voice and say, take it up an octave. So yes. you kind of you kind of really do sound like a female. Sure. So, which is the goal? Which <laughs> That's <laughs> which every every male worship leader does want to sound like a female at some point yes. in their careers. Yeah. But but there's that just to say there 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 are tons of great products out there that are fairly inexpensive right. that can help you do your job. So better. okay, so back to the question: yeah. What is that? Is that a good use of? Well, let me sure. get to my third use. Oh, sorry. Go. So making demos, uh, songwriting, songwriting. Um, and then here's here's what my church is doing. We are uh, my band. Uh, we're writing the music that our church will worship the Lord with. Um, and not only do I want to get that into their hands, but I I need to get that into their hands so that they can sing it. Mm-hmm. So I can teach them a song. They can they can play it. Uh, we can play it for them. Teach it to them. Have them sing it. And then over the next year, they can learn it as we do it time to time, Sunday to Sunday. Um, a new idea that uh, I've come up with that isn't original at all. <laughs> what if I uh, what if I recorded these tunes and gave them to my church so that when they show up on Sunday, they're ready to go and learning the song is never in their way, uh, uh, but rather they're they're ready to sing the musicians words. or no? I'm talking about my the whole, whole, the church. whole church. The whole church. Wow. So it, I just it, did a little. Is demo. that where your your three album came out? Yeah, yeah. I just did a little demo. What just if my guitar. all the stars? Da, da, da. That's a good song. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, I just did a, little, did a little demo. Just me and my guitar. I did three songs, three song, original songs that we wrote for our church, and the tr- and the songs themselves are really exactly what our church is going through right now. So. Uh, we've been studying First Corinthians um, in chapter ten. It talks about in all that you do, whether you eat or drink, we do it to the glory of God. And uh, we, I just wrote this song called "Back to You," which is uh, "Back to You." And Kevin's gonna sing little <laughs> excerpts from back it. To you. Um, but I didn't. It's the first time I ever wrote a song, uh, not to see if I could write a great song, but I wrote it for our church for a purpose, and they are the words that they should sing to the Lord. And so I need them to know this song. And luckily they like the song, which is, which is a bonus. That always helps. Right, it, it, it does. <laughs> um, so I wrote the song for our church. Not only did I write it for them, um, I recorded it for them. Um, gave them an acoustic demo of it because I can, I can throw out 10 of those a day. 
Um, I duplicated it, handed everyone a copy. Last night, I did two two songs off that EP, and they sang so loud, it was unbelievable. I'm just like, I can't believe they know this song. What a great tool. Hmm. Like, to hand them, here's our new music. Here's what we're doing. People got it in their CD player in their car all the time, worshiping God on their drive. That's and cool. And then they show up and they know our song. It's crazy. That's cool. You just used a, a, something that some people might know know what it means. What does EP mean? Uh, EP would be like an extended single, extended play. So a single, in, in the 50s, a single would come out. It would have a B-side, a second side. It would be two songs long. Uh, and then if you if you could get four songs on a single, there would be one featured song and a, three extra songs. That would be an EP. Okay. EP. That's the history of EP. <laughs> Thank you. And then LP, obviously, long play. Right. Full album. Yeah. See, I told you Scott knows everything. Yep. Oh, genius. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know that, you don't hang out on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> where everyone's like, what's an EP? What's an what? I bought an EP on iTunes. What is it? What, what did I just <laughs> buy? Songs. I thought I think I bought something bad. Okay, so Kevin, you brought up a, a point earlier that we, we've heard the three from Scott. Yeah. The three uses. Were there more? Oh, I'm sure. Man, there's probably more. But what is... Uh, yeah, you know what? What's that balance of churches saying? You know, like like I used to go to a church, and they they uh, invested several million dollars into a state of the art studio. And granted, it's probably the best studio in the entire Northwest. But does it? You know, that's obviously one end of the extreme uh, for a church to do that. And some people really kind of grumbled and complained. You know, why is a church investing millions of dollars into a studio? Uh, so th- well, I guess we complained about it and we liked it. Yeah. <laughs> that, okay. Good, good point. Yes. We, and that's, that's, that is the point. We as musicians, I'm a, I'm a musician. I, I do studio work all the, I, not all the time, not as much as I used to, but I do a lot of studio work. You of course know everything there is about studios and we travel together in this worship band, forgive much for years and years. We saw every kind of style of church. And yet we, even as musicians who record, we even had a problem with... We want a studio. We, we <laughs> even want studios. And we had a problem with, uh, with this church dropping millions and millions of dollars on a studio. So where's the balance, man? Well, I, th- I think part of, part of where the balance is going to come in is going to be tying those two things together. I think talking what you did with your songs that you recorded your original songs and handed them out. I think if it enhances the worship at your church, at your local church, then then you ought to do it. I think if you're doing it for another motive that doesn't fit in with the mission of your church, then I think there's there's something that you need to evaluate there. So if you're, if you're a worship leader and you want to record a really good album of all original worship songs because you want to get it out to other people, then maybe there's an issue there. Is only, but if it fits in with the mission of the church, if, if part of the mission of the church is to get to share what you're doing, to share the resources that you have at your church with other churches who need help in that area, then then that's great. But, but if it's not, then maybe you need to reevaluate it. But I think I think if you're using it to help build worship at at your local church, then there's then it gets hard to define a line to cross. Hmm. Maybe sure, when totally you're dropping wrong. millions of dollars, uh, there better be vision and mission behind what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And the church Kevin was talking about, uh, I'll just say it's Crossroads Productions is a commercial studio started in a church. Right. So, uh, and the, it is, it's the greatest studio in at least South, Southwest Washington. Yeah. Uh, tons of bands record there. Leland uh, third day was there. Uh, right. And the Calvary Chapel movement 
is they're very serious about worship and music, and they have a worldwide influence on what happens with church worship. Right. So for them to make an investment there makes sense to me. Right. Uh, when it comes down to the, how are you going to pay for it? Uh, <laughs> that's not, that's really none of my business. Uh, it really isn't. I don't know the numbers. Um, I don't know. I'm, they generate revenue there. It's it's their business if they're you know. But for a church, like, I'd like to record there. I went. I yeah. wouldn't mind recording there. I, for agree. a church like us, though, if we if we are saying okay, now we need to spend two million bucks on a studio, then there might be an issue. Some people will be angry. Some people might be upset. <laughs> sure. And really, with our church, I have a great studio. I have a two room studio in my house. Uh, it's a Pro Tool studio. I've got some great preamps. I've got some great mics. We make some pretty good sounding recordings there. They um, do. That really is funded by my business, um, and I haven't put that burden on my church yet. Yet. Uh, <laughs> Keyword. Um, so our, my church has funded none of that, and mm-hmm. I'm just thankful the Lord has given me what I what I have as far as resources, and I, you know, to to use turn that around and use it in our church only makes sense to me. Yeah, it's so, awesome. Um, but yeah, it's it's big money to do it really well. It really is. We it, said a couple things there that that go back to what Kevin was saying, what do you need to do if you want to take it to the next level? Some of the things you have to do is you have to buy good mics. You have to have good preamps. What what do you use, Scott, in your studio? Uh, Well, I actually run... What's in your mic closet? (laughs) I actually run Pro Tools LE, which I run on a 002, uh, which is actually a a prosumer piece of gear. This is not not something you would see at a big studio. Um, There's a company called Black Lion Audio, that will upgrade a 002 and uh, change the converters out and change the clock out. I, now, if, what's a 002? 002 is a audio interface like we were talking about before. Got it. Um, so my whole studio is based around this. However, I can pretty much bypass the whole thing um, and put some uh, world-class conversion in front of it. And uh, So it's really possible for with, without spending millions of dollars to make really great recordings. It really is. Um, However, you I mean you got to be it, when it comes to recording, it really is the it really is the guy uh both the the musician and the recordist that's going to sound good. So, you bring in a great uh recording engineer and you hand him your four track, he's going to record circles around you with it and you could have his great gear, you know. It's mm-hmm. just it's just like music, just like being a musician. Uh but yeah, uh, I have a I have a what you would call a prosumer setup and i have some great focus right preamps i have a bunch of stuff from universal audio it's really expensive stuff uh but i only have a few really great pieces and that's i got a couple of really good channels into my system uh, i just bought a really great tube vocal mic by a company called lawson uh and it's a really high-end vocal mic and that makes a ton of difference in vocals uh i have some some ribbon mics uh by a company called cascade uh, up in Olympia, and they're really inexpensive, yet I'm get, just getting really great electric guitar sounds through these Cascade Fathead mics. Uh, they're about like 190 bucks a piece or something. And then you have the microphone you're using right now, which uh, is great. <laughs> this is the mic I actually sing into on stage, and it is it never actually comes out in the studio. It's, it's fine. Ah. It's fine. <laughs> um, Dave's speaking into a Shure SM7. B B, which is one of the, uh, it's one of the top rated uh, rock vocal mics uh, in all the world. If you if you've listened to John Mayer's Continuum, 
he did his entire record through an SM7. Uh, his vocals sound great, like, uh, and they cost three hundred and forty-nine bucks, brand new. It's pretty cheap. It's a great for mic a good mic. Yeah, that's why I bought it. Sure. And so this I is the uh, mic this here. is the AT twenty twenty right here. Sure is. Which is a very cheap mic. <laughs> um, that's another cool thing about uh, the pro audio market. Um, all these Chinese uh, uh, large diaphragm mics are flooding the market. And you can buy a large diaphragm condenser mic for 60 bucks, brand new. Um, and they really actually sound good. They sound mm -hmm. clear. They sound fat in the bottom end. They're not going to hold a candle to a you know $2,500 uh, tube mic or anything like that. Uh, when it comes down to fidelity, um, but you, you know, the mic Kevin's talking into, um, what, 129 bucks, brand new, something like that, and they really sound good. Ah, it's a good mic. Now, David, you were saying uh, before we were recording, the mic that you use on Sunday, you just bought a new Neumann, right? Well, I didn't buy it. Oh. it was here when I got here. Oh, well, that's nice. But yeah, it's a nice mic. What? What is it? I don't. It's a Neumann. <laughs> it's that's a KMS 106. Probably. Sure. Probably. <laughs> that may be the wrong number. That's They put out a stage microphone. Neumann's mm -hmm. a German company that um, has put out some of the leading studio mics in all the world, um, and that's common knowledge. And they just released about five, six years ago a uh, stage mic, uh, and it's just super high-fidelity, great capsule. Sounds really mm -hmm. good. Now, while we're talking about microphones, because uh, let's be honest, would 650 you... $650 bucks for that one, by the way. Oof. That's a lot of money. What... Um, I mean, you you would wasn't agree. My decision. You you would agree, <laughs> right? That microphones, having good mics, probably one of the most important aspects of um, studio or even just live sound on Sunday, right? I mean, microphones are just super important. Uh, I suppose. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> am I am I being too presumptuous well, with that? You know, the the thing is, like I just said, there are a lot of great mics out that are cheap, and. Uh, can can you can you for like the average podcast listener recommend a few good microphones for like a Sunday morning service or a studio like you used to use the the Shure Beta what the fifty eight or the eighty seven what what did yeah, you use? a Beta fifty eight is uh, I mean the SM fifty eight by Shure is the most popular vocal mic of all time everybody knows that everybody has a bunch of beat up ones in their closet <laughs> that still work that still work um, yeah I mean. You watch uh, any live concert DVD. They're using Sure mics. They cost under 150 bucks for sure. SM58 is 99 bucks. Guitar Center every day. Um, they're great microphones. They're great vocal mics. Uh, SM57 obviously is the most popular dynamic instrument mic around. Um, half the records you listen to, that's the mic on the guitar cab. Even in the studio, a $79 microphone mm -hmm. um, is a big part of the sound of rock and roll. And Well, even on the President's Podium, isn't don't yeah. it, it's been a Sure 57 for the last like 40 years, yeah, right? There's a pair of those on the President's Podium. <laughs> um, it's it's not expensive to to sound decent, you know what I'm saying? So It's about who is behind the board. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you're talking about, especially when you're talking about live sound application, um you know, most churches have a hard time with audio, and I would suggest that that is a is a big position in your church. Yeah. That the dude who mixes your, you know, as a worship leader especially, you put a lot of time in, you put a lot of rehearsal time in, a lot of training time, a lot of mentoring time. Um, you get you work hard, and then you know that it's not going to come out the front on Sunday, and there's no there's no 
motivation. There's no worse feeling. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> like my hard work is not gonna. How depressing. To my people. See, I've, I've heard I've heard a really bad sound come out of a Midas board. Oh yeah. And I've heard great stuff come out of a Mackie board. For sure. It just you know you guys and forgive me much you used a Mackie board. Yeah, yeah, we did. And it sounded That's great. A, that is a cheap little, thirty-two channel board. They sound fine. And the dude standing at front of house was a genius. He's just great, great at mixing sound. Dan Kelly listens to music all the time, analyzes how did that guy get that snare sound? Like, I want that snare sound. What mics should we get? What should we do? What how we need to tune our drums? What do we got to do to make this room sound better? Like a dude on a mission that actually has some God-given talent is Mm -hmm. your answer, you know? Yeah. So, and obviously you can bring a guy up like that. You can find that guy, give him resources, send him to resources, do what you got to do. Real quick, uh, because we are running out of time, give me a couple of those resources, uh, whether that's books or magazines. Um, What what would you do if you had that sound guy at your church that you wanted to kind of raise up and train and give him tools what what tools would you give him personally well the first thing i do i just had a guy come up to me on sunday he's like i'm interested in audio i want to serve the lord i want to live for god's glory how do i do that here at our church i'm really interested in sound i've done a lot of sound at church before um this is a little above my head where do i start and i my first question is what do you listen to and how much do you listen to it those that's what i want to mm-hmm. know i asked it i don't know what question i asked but I want to know, do you listen to music? Do you love music? Are you passionate about, are you moved by music? And really the answer to those questions by most church audio guys is, no, I don't care about music. I love gear. Yeah. Or I love computers. <laughs> or I love uh, electronic theory. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, those are the guys that I'm an engineer. Up. I'm an engineer. Uh, engineers should design stuff. Um your front of house guy has to be an artist. He has to be a musician, and even if his only instrument is audio. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my, my main guy, Dan, is absolutely responsible for how we sound every time we play. And uh, he does a killer job. And the dude works for Google. He's a tech geek. Um, he's a genius. Um, yeah. Just like all your sound guys. Your guys is sound guys. That's a lot of S's. <laughs> uh, yet, Dan, uh, while he's rebuilding computers for Google, is listening to music constantly. He's, uh, he loves the snare drum. He loves getting his guts shaken by subwoofers. And he lives for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the mission that we're on helps a lot. He's, he's into it, you know? Like, he wants, to, he wants to see people change. He wants to... Yeah, you know, he's a real minister, and that's important. You guys can worship leaders can bring that guy up on a spiritual level for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but even uh, on a musical level, like get your guys listening to the right stuff. At, um, even if you don't know the answer, like what are the questions? How do you get that kick drum sound? How do you get that snare drum sound? What guitar amp is that guy using? Like your your sound guy might not know that. You might not know that. But let's figure it out. Let's figure this out together. Um, and let's uh, let's be excellent at this. And uh, and just like in recording, every recording engineer, whether they make millions of dollars or whether they're uh, they're running M Audio stuff in their worship office, um, all of these guys should should be after uh, 
music in the same way uh, that a worship pastor is, like a musician is, and uh, have have the same goal. You can and you can definitely develop that in a guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So that's the first resource is your yourself as a worship pastor. Can you bring up a guy to love music, to love Jesus, and to pursue excellence? And and asking questions you don't know the answer to is fine. Just do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Are there? Do you know of any other training resources, or is it is it just all one on one? You have a you have a guy who knows his stuff, and you put him with a guy who wants to learn. Yeah. Well, you know, you can, you can go to a big church worship conference, and there's always audio stuff there. But if you've been to those, and you probably have, uh, you'll notice that audio at big churches really what they want to do is show off their gear that you can't get <laughs> and you can't afford <laughs> and you can't afford gosh i wish i had that <laughs> well and they're you know like hey welcome to our sound training check out our you know 1.2 million dollar lighting system right and they're and you're like how can i get my snare drum not to sound like that you know, like, <laughs> they don't ever talk about that you yeah. know what i'm saying so um really i think there probably are some good resources. I don't know what they are. Um, <laughs> you can send your, uh, you can go to college and become an engineer, um, and that's probably going to be helpful. But if you're not, if you're not already showing signs of being good, that's probably not going to help. Um, I, I would say, like, practically, your best bet is to find a guy who cares about the right stuff, to ask the right questions, and then together, go after those answers. You know, like. Whatever, whatever way you can, you know, Kevin, you know me. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin called me. He's like, "Hey, can you come out and check out um, our sound system? We got this bid from this company about new speakers. Can you come tell me if they're crazy?" Um, right. And then we ended up talking about, well, how can we make this room sound better? How can we get the drums to be uh, less obnoxious in the service? How can we? Do, am I using the right mics? And we came up with a bunch of different techniques. Yeah. Um, which obviously uh, there are sound companies that work with churches all the time. If you can find the right one in your city, um, that will be a really helpful resource. And it's worth the money to to have a guy come out and consult to help you really specifically in your application. Like, what in the world should I do next? Can we make an over uh, a big plan, and then can we work towards it for gear? Um, what things are we doing wrong? Have your sound guys there. Uh, that practice, I mean, yeah, I can say, hey, send your guys to training. I don't know of a good one. <laughs> Do you? No, I don't. Yeah. It, yeah, podcasters, if you know of a good one, <laughs> um, hit Dave back with an yeah, email absolutely. because we got we to gotta talk about this. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, there are some resources out there that I found. There's some DVD things out there, but I've even ordered a couple of them over the years and just been they're, thoroughly yeah. underimpressed. They're just not good. My biggest resource is Scott. Anytime I have a question, I just give him a call, and uh, you know he. And what's my what's my training background? Uh, your training background <laughs> is being absolutely passionate about music and uh, reading and researching. I mean, yeah. you, you read all the magazines, and I have no formal training. No, I, I was the guy in the band when I was fourteen who had the four track in the PA system. Yeah. Um, and it went from there. I'm passionate about music. Um, 
I, I built a little company in 2001. And and you got serious, man. You, you got serious about what sounds good. And well, and I started looking around at churches and church ministry and realized everyone's in trouble here. <laughs> what are the answers to these questions? And we need to know them now, and we need to do something about them now. We've got to figure this out. And, yeah, I get it. There's a – oh, here's a cool here's a cool resource. There's a magazine, a recording industry magazine called Tape Op, which is actually edited right here in Portland. Um, that is the best industry magazine in the world by far for recording. It's free. So go to tapeop.com, get a subscription. I read the thing cover to cover every every time it comes out. I love that magazine. Mm-hmm. I've learned a ton from it, and you will too if you're into recording. And, and, cool. and of course, there's there's always, um, you know, like Worship Leader Magazine always has a couple of sections on they sound. They always have a lot of advertisements. And they have lots of advertisements. You <laughs> and know. you have to pay for it. And you have to pay for it. But I, I've found some good stuff from like Worship Leader Magazine, and, uh, you know, there's even some pro audio things. Uh, what's that one? Um, pro Sound? Uh, no. Well, there, there's a couple other free magazines like uh, Church Production Magazine. Church Production is one. And uh, Technology for Worship. Oh, what's the one I'm thinking um, of? That's a free one, too. I can't remember. But, but yeah, ch- check out some of those things. But you're right, man. I think the biggest thing, get someone who's passionate about music and who wants to learn and to make it sound better. Right, and stop bringing uh, tech heads um, onto your sound team who aren't going to go anywhere. And you've got to be able to spot those guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, are you just going to fill your, your sound booth with computer uh, software programmers, or are you going to find some musicians and make a great... Exactly great like what we talked about last time. Are you, are you filling a slot, or are you putting the right people in the right, right. job who are going to go after it because it's, it's their passion, it's their mission, it's the mission of the church? Sure. And then... Every every worship pastor knows the churches around them that are that are doing a killer job, and I say, um, you should knock down those guys' door and see if they can help you out. If you can get in, that's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're doing it. We're because, trying to because we have experienced that. I myself have tried to knock down doors and not gotten through. We're trying to break so, down walls here. Whatever you can do, it's about who you know. Sure. If so you if, know you're, Scott, if you're if you're listening Scott. if you're listening to this podcast and and uh, you know you're one of those churches let let's uh, let's work together man let's yeah. let's be churches that work in community with each other let's be churches that are serious about helping one another and and being the body of Christ instead of being an actual building um, so that I that's think that, why we're here that's why we're here that's to why be we're a doing networking this. resource to be a oh, networking yeah, resource the mission and value of whatever this is called, Catalyst. Worship Worship Ministry Ministry Catalyst. (laughs) (laughs) So check us out on the web, uh, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can reach us via email, kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com or david at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Scott, thank you. Huge thanks, man. For joining us. It's It's been been awesome. All right, we'll see you next time on Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. Peace out.